You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer hard questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, continuing on in our study on theology. So we've covered quite a few big topics on the subject of theology, and we're going to tackle another big one today. We're going to tackle the subject of salvation. Mm. Um, and this is a very Christian-y word. Um, the term salvation really just means power, freedom from the effects of sin. Um, salvation, eternal salvation, just refers to um, spending eternity no longer separated from God, but in the presence of God. Did I teach that all correctly? That's good. Okay. So as we cover the topic of salvation, we're going to cover some things that are covered in our theology class, but we're also going to take a look at some questions that we've actually got in from people on the subject of salvation as well. Um, so let's start at the very, I don't know, kind of at the very basis of it all. Why is there a need for salvation? So if we spend, you know, we talk a lot on Sunday mornings about um, salvation and what that means. And I mean, that really is the pursuit of what we do in our work and our volunteers is pursuing people to see their need for a savior and their need for salvation. Why is there a need? Yeah, in its simplest form, I would just say this, that, that God's holy, he's righteous, he's perfect, he's spotless. And you and I are not. In fact, the Bible's pretty clear that all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, Paul says in the book of Romans, no, not one. So, so in many respects, and we'll often draw this out, but there's a, a, a holy God here, and there is a sinful man here, and there is this chasm of sin that exists between us. And Habakkuk talks about the fact that God's eyes are too pure to even behold evil, so it can't even look on evil. So there's a sense in which we're separated from this holy God because of our sin. And so that's why there's a need for somebody, and we often draw it out that Christ and what he did on the cross sort of bridged this gap between a holy God and a sinful man in what he did on the cross of Calvary. Um, and the reason for me that, that, that Christ has the ability to do that is one, that he was perfect. So he's sinless. So obviously there's a sense in which uh, he can bridge that gap. Obviously, if somebody's sinful, they've got to pay for their own sins. They can't pay for the sins of somebody else. Mm -hmm. and, and the second thing I'd say is this, is because he's God. So he has the ability, to, because he is infinite God, to pay for an infinite amount of sin. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a need for salvation because God's righteous, we're not. And Jesus becomes that mm -hmm. perfect Lamb of God mm -hmm. that becomes sort of substitutionary for our sins, atones mm -hmm. the very wrath of God on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And kind of fills the gap for us. I know that fills the gap, uh, or, or often you know makes this bridge that yeah. leads from God to man. And I, yep. I kind of like that illustration. Yep. We, you know, you can draw it on a napkin mm -hmm. uh, with regards to leading somebody to Christ. Mm -hmm. But I think it's true. God, mm -hmm. man, there's this gap, and Jesus and what He did on the cross mm -hmm. bridges that. Heard it said before that um, that death and separation are really interchangeable. That death is ultimate separation from God. If you have death without salvation or without that gap, it's just really eternal separation from 
God. Exactly. In fact, when Scripture talks about death, that's really what it's talking mm -hmm. about, eternal separation from God. Because mm -hmm. um, there's a sense in which we always think of physical death, that we're going to mm -hmm. die and our bodies don't exist here anymore. But the reality is for believers in Jesus Christ, there is no more death. It's been conquered in the cross. You and I literally just go from one life to the next, to the very presence of God. Mm -hmm. And all throughout Scripture, there was this idea that death became the separation mm -hmm. of God, but that's what Jesus Christ yeah. has provided for us. And it goes all the way back to Adam. I mean, Adam provided the first separation, the first death, and we've yeah. been living in that separation until Yeah, Jesus. and all of us sort of inherited that from Adam. Mm -hmm. I always love the idea that that's the first time blood was shed. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they actually clothed themselves in fig leaves, but mm -hmm. that's not good enough. So mm -hmm. God ultimately... Mm -hmm you know, slays an animal, and it's the first mm -hmm. time they actually see death. And now he covers their naked body, mm -hmm. their, their shame, so to speak, with these animals who actually had to do a blood sacrifice. And then it's literally traced mm -hmm. all throughout the Old Testament until eventually we come to the shed blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's go there. So I've heard it said before from people of, well, I mean, why did Jesus actually have to die? Why did there have to be a blood sacrifice? Why couldn't God just come down and say, you know what? you're good. Why did there have to be such a pivotal moment in Jesus sacrificing himself for us? Yeah, and I, I would say this. I think he could have done it any way he wanted. Like yeah. Obviously, he's God. He doesn't have to check with me or anybody else on this earth. He could have done it any way he mm -hmm. wanted to. But I think there was a sense in which this Old Testament sacrifice system was set up. Mm -hmm. And there was always this sense in which they needed to come up with some sort of a blood sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. Uh, that's how they were made right with God at that point in time. Often the high priest would make his way into the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God, and then he would sacrifice, a blood sacrifice on behalf of the sins of the people. The problem is that he would always sort of stand because signaling the fact that this was never done, needed to be done year after year after year after year. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus really becomes the fulfillment of that, all of that Old Testament sacrificial system. And Actually, he sheds his blood on the cross of Calvary, and then he goes to the right hand of the Father, and the first thing mm -hmm. he does is sits down, mm -hmm. signifying there is no need for any further sacrifice, signifying mm -hmm. the fact that the sacrificial system is done in mm -hmm. him. And uh, I just think there's an incredible correlation between those two, and that's why there's mm -hmm. incredible symmetry between Old mm -hmm. Testament and New Testament mm -hmm. signaling the cross. It's amazing the foreshadowing that happens. I was just reading... I can't remember what book this is in, with the Passover of the Lamb when they're told Exodus, yeah. when Moses, and it's kind of the final moment before Moses is able to free the Israelites of take the blood of a spotless lamb, paint it over your house, and you'll be passed over. And that same Passover is happening for us from the spotless lamb of Jesus. There is incredible understanding, and, and Paul talks about it in the New Testament, because Paul was a scholar with regards to the Old Testament. We're going to talk about it this mm -hmm. Sunday. But to see what took place in the Old mm -hmm. Testament and how it finds its fulfillment in the mm -hmm. New Testament, even the very fact you just talked about the Passover, that was mm -hmm. something they celebrated in the New Testament mm -hmm. until the coming of Christ every single year. Jesus gathered together with the disciples mm -hmm. in the upper room and they were celebrating the Passover. And mm -hmm. now he takes a piece of bread and says, this is my body, which is going to be broken for you. Mm -hmm. This is my blood, the cup, representing my shed blood for you. Mm -hmm. So they were celebrating the Passover. They were signaling back to that day mm -hmm. when the blood was painted over the doorpost and the thresholds there. And, and the angel of death passes over. Mm -hmm. Same with regards to you mm -hmm. and I because of the finished work of Christ. 
the blood of Christ applied to our lives, so to speak. Now, the angel of death, because mm -hmm. we don't ever die. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm. You just pass from one life to another when you know Christ is your Savior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the beauties of reading the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, of knowing what happens, how the story ends, gives you yeah. such context for the foreshadowing that happens. Agreed. And I know you've always got to read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, mm -hmm. but I think there's just incredible mm -hmm. richness in reading the mm -hmm. Old Testament in light of what Jesus provided. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the Old Testament. Obviously, we get our salvation through Jesus now. How did they, before yeah. Jesus came, before Jesus died, I know it's foreshadowing it, but it hasn't happened yet. So did they have to keep to the law? Did they have to make enough sacrifices? How did people achieve salvation if they couldn't point to Jesus or have the sacrifice of Jesus? Yeah, you know what's funny is when you ask that question, I'm thinking back to the day I asked my youth pastor that. I was in high school mm -hmm. and I struggled with the same thing. And I remember he gave me a wrong answer. Oh. And, and the answer people often give is this. In the Old Testament, you got there through works, that somehow mm -hmm. your works and your righteousness, that's mm -hmm. what it was about. In the New Testament, now we're grace-filled people. In the Old Testament, was law. You had to keep the law. Not true. Mm -hmm. We've always been saved by grace through faith. Mm -hmm. and, and whether you're from the Old Testament looking toward the cross or you and I, New Testament people, looking back to the cross. Mm -hmm. Every single person in all of history is saved through the cross. Mm -hmm. So in the Old Testament, what they did is they had faith in the coming of a Messiah, okay. uh, the coming of one who would ultimately save them. In the New Testament, we will look back at what Jesus has already done. I, mm -hmm. I think it's why we have advantage. I think mm -hmm. that's why we're going to yeah. be held in greater account, because uh, we have mm -hmm. sort of the history and the testimony of that. The best evidence is that in the book of Galatians in chapter 3 where, do you remember Paul says of Abraham, he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. What came of righteousness was not the works of Abraham. Abraham was a sinner much like you and I. But he had faith in the coming of the Messiah. He had faith in what Jesus would ultimately do. And mm -hmm. for that respect, it was credited to him as righteousness. He was looking toward the cross. You mm -hmm. and I are looking back to the cross. Mm -hmm. And the fascinating thing to me is always if I could just add this. When Christ died on the cross of Calvary, he forgave our past. Mm -hmm. He forgives our present. Mm -hmm. And he forgives into the future. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. He, he forgives all of the sin we've done in the past. He, he sort of frees us from the very power of sin in the mm -hmm. present. And one day mm -hmm. in the future, the very idea of being in the presence of sin is going to be wiped out in the presence of God. I think that's cool. That's amazing. And I think it's hard sometimes for us. We exist so much in time. It's hard for us to take ourselves it is. out of time and recognize that this was always the plan. And it, um, it ha yeah, you're right. The past, the present, the future. Um, this yeah. is always... None of it deserving. I, I, I mm -hmm. often get frustrated when people say, well, how come, mm. you know, how come God does... I, I, I always mm. want to start with this. No one yep. deserves heaven. Yep. We ought to start there. Yep. Recognizing all of us deserve mm -hmm. judgment and the punishment of God. It's mm -hmm. amazing that God in His grace mm -hmm. saves any of us. Yep. And I think that ought to be our posture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that seems like a good spot to close for this week, but I would encourage you, if you're someone who's struggled with the assurance of your salvation, how you can know you're saved, we're going to talk about that topic next week, so make sure you join us. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. 
To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.